Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number three of the Hoops Crush podcast. As always, uh, co-hosted by Brady Parks, a.k.a. Crushables, and I'm Eric Brandt, a.k.a. Hoops Jock. How are you doing today, Brady? I'm doing good. How are you? Uh, not too bad. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to talk about today's topic, which is our predictions for the season. Uh, as of recording right now, the season starts one week from tonight. By the time this is out, it'll be less than a week. It's getting to be about that time, Brady. Are you excited for the season to start? Yeah, I'm very excited. Preseason isn't, isn't doing it enough for me, so I'm ready for this regular season to start already. Yeah. Uh, so when you were doing your predictions, are you fairly confident about them? Absolutely you... <laughs> not. If there's anybody out there, by the way, because what we're doing is our standings predictions, basically. So we're also going to do our awards. But yeah, 15 to first or 15 seed, the first seed. If there's anybody out there that's like super confident in their predictions, then I don't know how. Like this is tough, especially the West. Right. Like the West is insane. The middle so. of the West is very difficult. So yeah, I don't feel confident at all because <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's much, so many teams that like could make it, and then there's you know you just don't know. It's crazy. Yeah, much like our youth uh, episode from last stream uh, or last uh, podcast. I, if you want to tell me I'm an idiot for having a team, like I probably agree with you in the comments. Like, yeah, it's gonna be so, yeah. tough, man. Go ahead and tell us uh, what you think. Your uh, where we got things wrong, and. Uh, Give your standings predictions in the comments. Also, give your awards uh, predictions as well. Uh, so let's just start in the Eastern Conference. Okay, that's the easier um, one. Even though it's right. kind of tough too, but yeah. yeah. Um, so who is the bottom dweller for you in the East? Uh, I chose Wizards. Uh, yeah. Jordan Poole. I mean, I think he'll have a great season most likely with the amount of shots he'll get. I assume they maybe trade Kuzma at the deadline. So, yeah. I, I mean, they feel like they're going to tank this year. So, it was too, that was kind of easy for me. Yeah, I have the Wizards as well. Uh, completely agree. They feel like the one team that isn't actually trying to be good this year. Um, out of all the other teams, I, I think you can make the case that they're trying to be at least better than they were last year. The Wizards are the one exception, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, All right, no, so who's 14? Yeah, number 14, I had Detroit. And All it right. sucks because I expect maybe a big jump from them, but my reasoning was maybe they're just still too young and Kate Cunningham, I don't feel like has played enough yet, but I could definitely eat my words uh, for sure. Yeah, I have uh, the Hornets at 14. Um, they were bad last year, but LaMelo was hurt most of the year so um you expect him to be back they got brandon miller now now they're dealing with all this stuff from not only re-signing uh miles bridges but now uh, another incident um so the fallback from that's gonna gonna put a lot of uh pressure on this organization and uh i just i feel like they're not good enough to be better than any team above them even if they are decent um but yeah I, I still think they're a couple years away from being in the playoffs yeah i had hornets at 13 so uh pretty uh, close basically everything you said um i don't think they're ready yet i had the pistons at 13 so we just flipped 13 Let, and 14 okay um, not too bad so yeah. far i wanted to put the pistons higher but uh yeah i just don't think they're ready to quite make a jump past some of the teams ahead of them um i think the following season they should shoot up past some of these um 
mediocre middle of the road teams that might blow it up after this season if they continue to be uh, in the play in range or miss the playoffs. So I think they're right there on the cusp of turning the corner, but just not quite this season due to some of the teams above them still not falling off yet. Yeah, I agree. Number 12 for me was the Chicago Bulls. Uh, I'm expecting them to blow it up, to be honest with you. I mean, DeMar DeRose is on the last year of his contract. I expect this team to either be you know, you know, know, under 500 or middle of the road, and maybe they should look themselves in the mirror and start to think about you know, trading players away. So I'm expecting that. So that's why I have the Bulls not making the play in this year. Yeah, I also have the Bulls at 12, so I'm right there with you. Uh, I think they're, they're trying too hard to – to keep it together they should have much like a team we'll probably talk about a couple spots higher but um they should have blown it up last year and decided not to um like we said who knows if DeRozan's going to resign so are they going to have to trade him to just not lose him for nothing and then uh Levine was in several trade rumors this summer uh so yeah I could definitely see them just blowing it up completely um or I could also see them foolishly just trying to hold on and and barely make the playoffs or miss the playoffs every year and just have that be their norm from now on. Brogdon's a bull by the deadline, we say. <laughs> <laughs> I don't <laughs> That'd be such a weird trade for them. Yeah. I, I would I wouldn't mind it. Um, you know, Lonzo's not gonna play this year and who knows if he'll ever play or be the same again. But yeah, if you could get some value uh for taking on his contract in a situation like Portland where they uh you know, aren't expected to be in the playoffs anyway, so you can afford to eat a contract for a year or two. Um, I would definitely look into that. My number 11, I feel like might be surprising to some people. I have the Brooklyn Nets here at number 11. Uh, they had a negative record after they made all the trades at the deadline. Mikel Bridges did have a great season last year, obviously, once he got there. But for some reason, I'm just not expecting to hold up for them. Uh, I am shocked. You know why? Why? Because I also have the Nets. At wow, so far, basically on the same spectrum. That's nice. crazy. Um, I completely agree with you there. I think I I wanted to put them higher. I do like a lot of their pieces. I'm a big Mikhail Bridges guy. I'm a big uh, Claxton fan. And uh, I like Cam Johnson. Um, I like some of the young players they have. But... Uh, yeah, it's just like it's hard because I I feel like there's a younger team that's that's passed them by, and and then I feel like they're not quite as good as some of the other powers. And like you said, they they were kind of average after the trade deadline, even when they were playing well. Um, it still wasn't translating to a lot of wins. So yeah, I had I had them at eleven as well. So I wonder if we agree at ten where I have the Raptors. Oh, not the, quite. Okay, I was about to say, we're, we're getting kind of close. But yeah, the Toronto Raptors, I mean, I could see a world where this team maybe blows up at the deadline, but then again, Masai Ujiri feels like he's just too stubborn and never seems to want to do that ever. So I expect him to stand pat at the deadline, maybe even acquire somebody like I did with Perto last year. And uh, yeah, I'm expecting him to be just kind of a mid-team again. Yeah, I, I have them a step higher at nine. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's so weird. Like, I think they're okay. Like, Schroeder um, is a competitor, so, like, I think he'll help that team. Uh, Grady Dick should provide some shooting that they've been lacking the last couple of years. Um, 
and then you have the two guys in their last last year of their contract in uh, Siakam and OG. And so, yeah, it would be fascinating to see what Ujiri does with those two guys, whether he tries to resign him or he just uh, finally decides to pull <laughs> yeah. the trigger on a reset. I'd be surprised if that happens, though, because yeah, he, he just, just hasn't never... been willing to do nope. it. Nope. <laughs> but at number 10, uh, right behind the Raptors, I have the Orlando Magic. I have them at 9, so we're backwards. Okay. So. <laughs> so we can talk about them at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I think... I wanted to put him higher too, but um, I think the step up to 10 is still a pretty big step. And uh, I think they played really well after a slow start last year. Um, and if, if they can stay healthy and uh, they don't have any injuries to any of their guards, um, when you have uh, Wagner and uh, Paul Bencaro there at the forwards, I think you're pretty much set in a lot of games and you're going to win a lot of games. So I think they're ready to, to at least make the play in this year. Yeah, I agree. I thought they would maybe be able to do it last year. It's probably too early to predict it, but I think this year uh, I'm expecting a play and jump for the magic. So uh, that's where I had them as well at number nine. Uh, so top eight now. All right. Who do you have at eight? I have the Hawks, or yeah, the Hawks. I have the Atlanta Hawks. Um, just kind of a middle-of-the-pack team. Maybe they get Siakam at the deadline. I know they've been kind of trying. Uh, but yeah, I mean, not too much to say other than I just think the teams above them are better. Yeah, uh, I have the, the Pacers at eight. Um, another team I kind of wanted to put higher, but I just I think they're a little too inexperienced to, to make a jump higher than this. But, you know, they've got Obi Toppin for pretty much free. They make a great draft pick in Juris Walker, in my opinion. And uh, this team was hanging around the playoff race last year until they fell off towards the end. Uh, but I definitely think they can actually make the play in this year and uh, possibly in the playoffs. Yeah, uh, at number seven, so I'm not quite there with the Pacers yet, but they're coming. I actually have the Miami Heat. Okay. Um, I thought I thought their roster got worse in the offseason, although it's just Gabe Vincent and Struce. I get that. Like maybe they can easily replace those guys. Obviously the big story was them getting Dame the whole offseason. It didn't happen. They were a playing team last year, of course they made it to the finals. Uh but I'm expecting maybe them to repeat their regular season success and be in the playing again at seven. All right. Well at seven I have the Atlanta Hawks, so you had an eight. Um I feel like they have a pretty good roster, and uh, Trey Young has struggled at times um, since they made the Eastern Conference Finals, but he always seems to get it together at some point. I think this year they're looking like they could hit the ground running a little more than they have in the past. They have a lot of wings. I don't know if any of them are like elite wings, but they have a lot of them. And so as long as one or two of those guys uh, break out or have a good season or stay healthy, I think uh, they'll be all right. They still have the bigs in Congo and Capella. So, yeah, I think uh, they're going to gonna be right around that non-play-in slash first play-in game. Right and now. Also, John Collins not being there is going to open up something for someone else. So I think that's yeah. kind of a huge uh, role that someone will get there. I finally traded him. Finally. Trade rumors forever never ended up happening. At number six, I have the Indiana Pacers. I expect a huge Halliburton jump. I expect Matherin to keep getting better. 
Uh, Bruce Brown, I think, is a great get for them in the offseason. Jarris Walker, uh, Miles Turner is still a solid big. Uh, I'm expecting a nice little run in the regular season for the Pacers and start to show what they can be. Now, obviously, I don't think they're a contender by any means, but six seed I don't think is too crazy for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I forgot uh, to mention Bruce Brown. That's that's going to really do wonders to solidify themselves getting someone with championship experience in there and a guy who does all the little things. And my number six team is the Miami Heat. Uh, you had them a step lower, but um, yeah, I actually think the Heat are going to be pretty good this year. Um, <laughs> I know. <it's> <laughs> yeah, I just started. Uh, I almost Heat was fan. trying not to laugh yeah. because, you I know. know. <laughs> I know. Uh, but like, uh, <laughs> well, first of all, they have a really good coach. So yeah. you're, always, you're always in the mix there. Um, I I think as long as Jimmy Butler and Bam stay healthy, um, I think Tyler Hero is going to be on a mission to prove people wrong this year. <laughs> Sound uh, like a true Miami Heat fan yeah. right now. And uh, I I think Gabe Vincent might might be a huge loss because he he played a key role for them. But Struce really, I mean he he played a lot, but and he got hot at times, but. Um, it was really like Caleb Martin and uh, and Jimmy and, and Bam that that helped them in the playoffs. So yeah, I, I don't I don't think it'll hurt them too much. Um, I think Hawkins can come in and replace some of the minutes um, that Struess had. So yeah, as long as as long as they get good point guard play out of someone, um, I think they'll be fine. Yeah, uh, they still have a good role. I mean, we saw them just go to the finals, so we know how good they can be. It's just a matter of having that success in the regular season. Um, so we'll see. My number five is the New York Knicks. Uh, Jalen Brunson's is really good. Julius Randle still solid in the regular season. Uh, will RJ Barrett ever take a jump? Most likely not. Just kind of a solid whatever. I don't even know what to really call them. Uh, but, I mean, they have a solid roster, and there's still the possibility they make a trade for someone at the deadline to make themselves even better. They got Josh Hart, of course, at the last year's trade deadline from us. And, uh, yeah, expect the Knicks to be in the thick of things again. Now, I remember the last time they made the playoffs, the next year they were bad. But with Brunson being here now, I don't expect that to be the case this time around. Yeah, I kind of feel like they solidified themselves with uh, a lot of good role players. They picked up Dante DiVincenzo as well. He had a nice season for the Warriors last year. So they have a lot of players that can help them win games in the regular season. I still don't think they're set up for a deep run in the playoffs or anything, even though they made the second round last year. I think that's kind of their ceiling. But um, I actually have them as the fourth seed in the East, um, just because I think their depth will, will allow them to be better than um, a team that I have no idea how to feel about them right now. And I have them at fifth is the Philadelphia 76ers backwards for me. Exactly. Uh, I had them above. Yeah. So what, what do you do with them? Like, uh, is Harden going to actually play or what's like, this will, this will be interesting. We've heard all kinds of rumors about the, um, Clippers not being willing to give more for their or up their offer at all for Harden. So, is this going to play out into the regular season? Will Maury keep Harden as long as he needs to, even though he's unhappy? We'll see. I just think that's too big of a loss without getting a replacement. 
And I, if he plays, I don't think he's going to be like normal James Harden because his head won't be in it. Uh, so, yeah, I have him at fifth. Yeah, one thing about the Knicks, um, I'm just going to go out on a limb and say uh, I could see Mikel Bridges you know, reuniting with his Villanova boys and they find a way uh, to get him at the deadline, maybe. Interesting. I could see it. It depends how bad the Nets are, though, and if they're really going to do something like that. Because the Knicks do have assets, but it's just a matter of will the Nets do it is the question because so far they've not wanted to. Uh, so I had to throw that out there. And then, like you said, the 76ers, I mean, is Joel Embiid still going to be on the team by the deadline? There's a lot of questions. Uh, there was a report today from Sham saying that, you know, although Harden has been professional, which is good, it's good because that's something we haven't seen from Harden. We've obviously seen him do a lot of different things, uh, but he still hasn't like practiced much with the team, only one practice and hasn't intended preseason. So yeah, 76ers are hard to gauge right now for sure. Um, so that leads us to our top three, right? If I'm not mistaken. Yep. So yep. my top, uh, my third seed in the East, I'm assuming we probably have the same team because uh, I assume the other two, obviously, were kind of <laughs> obvious. Cavaliers. I have Cavaliers at three. So uh, I'm expecting an Evan Mobley agenda this year. I expect a big breakout from Evan Mobley. Um, that might lead into something later on. I'll tell you about that later. Uh, but yeah, I think the Cavaliers showed what they could do last year. As long as Mitchell's on this team, Garland's going to take a jump. I could see them maybe trading Jared Allen away at the deadline for something, maybe moving Evan Moby to that five role if they wanted to, or they could just keep it the way it is right now. Whatever they want to do, they got a lot of versatility at this moment. Uh, but I'm expecting the Cavaliers with Mitchell, if he wants to stay there, uh, they're going to be a good team. I mean, they got the score, they got the defense, it's all there for them. Yeah, that's my only pause is, does the Donovan Mitchell situation get to a point where they have to move him just to, because he was not willing to sign an extension and they don't want to risk losing him? Um, so that, that would be the only thing, other than injuries, of course, which you can say that about just about any team. But I don't feel like they have a lot of depth. Um, they have some depth, but like not as good as their start, like nowhere near as good as their starters. So if one of their four main starters go down uh, or their four main core between Garland, Mitchell, Mobley, and Allen go down, I think they're in a lot of trouble. Uh, but as long as those guys are healthy, I think they're pretty easily um, better than all the teams below them, except for the top two. All right. Uh-huh. All right, so now I have to know. <laughs> How do you have these last two? Who's one, who's two? <laughs> All right. Okay. All right, Dame's going to lead them to the one seed. All right. I have it flipped. I have the Bucks at two. and Yeah, I think um, for me, uh, I'm going to have the Bucks like beating the Celtics in a playoff series, but I think regular season, the Celtics have proven with Tatum and Brown that they're really good in the regular season. And um, I mean, the Bucks have been good in the regular season as well, but I, I could see them kind of coasting a little bit or taking some time to get used to each other. Whereas the Celtics, even though they added a couple new guys in Drew and, and Porzingis, I think they're going to, fit in a little bit more smoothly and not have to worry about whose team it is and who's taking the shots and stuff like the Bucks might have to worry about initially with two 30 point per game scores. So I think uh, the Celtics will just like 
be smoother all season, whereas the Bucks might have a little bit of a roller coaster while they try to work on some things and not quite care about wins during the regular season. The only thing that worries me about the Celtics, but I mean, you can make this argument with a lot of people, obviously, uh, like Porzingis. I'm worried about his health overall, if he stays healthy or does how many games does he play. Uh, there was someone else in the Celtics, for some reason I'm blanking, that I'm concerned about their injury history as well. I don't know why I'm blanking at the moment. Well, Drew, Drew has been – I mean, he's getting up there, so. And then Al Horford maybe. Al Horford. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I think they'll most likely be fine, but that's something that does worry me just a little bit. Yeah. But do All we right. we move on to the West now? Yeah, let's move on to the West. All right, this was the harder one in my opinion. <laughs> yes, so this could this could this list could get crazy. Uh, uh, who's the worst in the West? Dude, I don't even like this one. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I have the Spurs at fifteen. I don't even know if I love that at all. Yeah. <laughs> I have the Spurs as fifteen as well. I have the Rockets at fourteen. I don't know if that's who you have at fourteen. I have the Blazers at fourteen. Okay, so I'll talk about that in a minute. Okay, yeah. Spurs. I feel like they're going. It's so hard because I think they're a lot better with Wemby, but I don't know, like if they're better than any team above them. Like it's it's going to be hard for them to get past any teams. And I would say the Rockets are going to be like a year or two away, but they're like every decision that seems they're making is just to make the playoffs this year, and that's all they care about or like be better this year and they're kind of sacrificing long-term development for just a little bit of improvement this year. So I think the Spurs are the only team that I could see uh, maybe the jazz, um, but I think the jazz are a little too good, but those are the only couple teams that I see like full on possibly tanking at some point. Yeah. So for me, Spurs at 15, will Vic play enough? I don't know if there'll be like a resting thing for him. I know the NBA is trying to crack down on that. Um, and then, I mean, everything, I mean, it's just hard. This Western conference is so tough. I'm not sure. As far as the Blazers are concerned at 14, I expect them to make some trades at the deadline with Brogdon, potentially Jeremy Grant, if some teams lining up for him, Thibel potentially. So I could see a world where this team is, you know, looking to tank um, and we're just, you know, going through the motions and trying to get a high lottery pick again, which is why I have them at 14. Uh, but 13, not too far off, was the Houston Rockets. Um, their roster is just weird. I don't, I mean, like you said, it's, so it's just kind of bizarre. I mean, like the starting five they announced the other night, I'm sure not everyone was playing, but you just like have, I, I mean, I'm assuming Jalen Green wasn't playing, but he wasn't even starting, uh, yeah. but I'm sure he was out. So it's just a weird roster overall. I mean, I'm not really sure what to think of them. I I already told you guys last episode, I love their young courts, my favorite in the NBA most likely, uh, but it's just like, are those guys going to even be able to develop uh, with all the veterans in front of them that definitely have to play because of how much money you paid them? So it's just tough to gauge. And there's too many rumors about them going after Brogdon. Yeah, that and, too. Uh, Alec Burks, and I, there was one other player. I forget who it was, but it's like all these veterans. It's like, why? Like, you And they signed like, Reggie Bullock, so like yeah. that's how you know they're really trying to make the playoffs, yeah. it feels like. It's like develop some of your young guys and just keep going. You have a better coach now, in theory. Um, so like he should be able to coach up the young players and get them to play the way they want to. I, I, I just feel like they, they went way too far into the bet thing, and they locked them all up long-term with huge contracts, so they, they can't even really move them if they have to. 
uh, easily. So they're going to be kind of stuck, in my opinion, for a couple of years now. Uh, you're number 11, right? Or did you already say it? Or whatever. Sorry. Uh, 13. Number 13. Sorry, I'm skipping yeah. too far ahead. My 13 is the Utah Jazz. Um, like I said, they're really talented. I expect kind of a season similar to last year where they um, are kind of flirting with the playoffs again. And then at some point in the season, they realize that, wow, there's not that many teams below us in the standings. Um, we could easily jump back uh, several spots and, and potentially get a number one pick or a high top five pick or whatever. Um, so I think they're going to uh, try it first like they did last year. But I could definitely see Ainge wanting to follow that same pattern that he did with uh, the Celtics um, where they built their team off a lot of high draft picks and uh, not necessarily their own draft picks, but they have a lot of other teams draft picks in the future too to, to maneuver around draft boards and stuff. So I, I think they, they felt like they had kind I wasn't really like a wasted year, but getting the ninth pick was like, probably the worst case for their rebuild um especially in last year's draft where you know if you would have gotten in the top three it could have been a game changer for them uh so i think this year they'll kind of even though they're they're good uh i think they'll kind of readjust and and not be quite as good yeah 12 for me was the jazz so we're not too far off there um i expect there to maybe be some trades for this team at the deadline is there a possibility that the Jazz look into moving market in? I don't think that's too crazy to say. I mean, he has been kind of the guy there, obviously, at the moment. So maybe they wouldn't even consider it. I think Clarkson is someone that could be moved for sure. Um, but it's just overall a roster that you know has market and they have Kessler. Clarkson's really solid. But I'm still wondering who like the young guy is there that's going to break out. Um, for their rebuild going forward. So I'm not really sure they have that yet. Markinen obviously has kind of helped with that, but he is like 26, about to be, or I, mean, I can't, I don't know exact age at the moment, but I, th I know he's like 26, 27 or something like that. So um, I think Mar I think Markinen is definitely somebody that could be moved down the line for them unless they plan on keeping him long-term, which they definitely could. Uh, I'm just not really sure what the Jazz are going to do this season, but I have them at 12. That's who the other guy was, Taylor Horton Tucker, that the Rockets were trying to get. It makes no sense. <laughs> like, just play Cam Wetmore, man. He's like a better version of Taylor Horton Tucker, right? Uh, but, uh, yeah. Um, I don't know if they'll trade Markin in, but, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I I like Taylor Hendricks and, and uh, Keontae George a lot, but I don't know if they're, like guys that are going to be top options on a team like two or three options uh they're more probably you know three four guys but like good role players you know so yeah i'm, I'm not i'm not sure if they have that star player yet that's going to elevate their franchise um my number 12 was the new orleans pelicans and <laughs> this might be totally unfair but i just I'm done trusting them. Um, I, I, until Zion can prove that he's healthy. Uh, they were really good uh, up until the point he got hurt last year. Um, but then the wheels fell off and, and it just wasn't the same. Uh, so I think as long as that is a possibility, it's just hard to predict them much higher. 
And also, I mean, they're still very reliant on CJ as their lead guard, um, who at times can be good, but um, he was very frustrating for a lot of fans last year there. And uh, I do, uh, Trey Murphy's one of my favorite candidates to be an all-star eventually, probably not this year, but within the next few years, uh, I think he's going to blossom at some point. Um, but yeah, I just, I don't think they have enough firepower to uh, make the playoffs in the loaded West this year. Definitely see where you're coming from there. Um, Cesar McCollum is a little inconsistent at times. Was everything they needed at first, uh, as soon as he first got there, but after that, it's been ever since he got the extension, it's like been very inconsistent. My number 11, I'm kind of scared. I got a duck when I say this. Uh, I have the Kings. Okay. Uh, I feel like I could see a regression from them. They had a very, very healthy season last year. I feel really bad for doing very. I feel very bad for doing this, uh, but I just feel like the teams above them are better, and it sucks to put them this low. And I def this could age poorly. I trust me, I get it. But uh, I'm just expecting a regression. And I'm expecting health not to hold up as much as it did last year. And I also don't think they got much better this off season. I wanted them to maybe go like big big fish hunting with their free agency money that they had, and they just spent it resigning Harrison Barnes. I mean, they did add like Chris Duarte. I might be missing some. You know, they added Sasha. Uh, but yeah, for the most part, I don't think the Kings got that much better. I feel like. Yeah. Um... I guess I'll finish talking about them in a minute, but uh, one thing you didn't mention is uh, in addition to the health, I completely agree with you. It's just, it's hard to predict when a season, when a team has like the best health in the league, that's just probably not sustainable. So it's a good bet to like say that that's going to be different this year. But also I feel like um, De'Aaron Fox was amazing in clutch moments last year. Um, did he win the inaugural clutch player award <laughs> or whatever? Was that last year? Yeah. He, I think he got it last year if I'm not mistaken. Uh, well, he should have, cause he was, he was amazing in the clutch, but as, as us blazer fans know, it's, it's so hard to like, just like count on that to happen. Like every game to have someone bail you out. And it's just uh long term. It just, the percentages balance out and you just, you stop hitting these ridiculous shots at some point, which they want a lot of close games. So it, it can um, factor in, especially with how close the standings will probably be. Um, so I could definitely see that, but I have them a little higher. Okay. What was your 11 my, then? My 11 is the Portland trailblazers. Um, I, I think they are, purposely trying to set expectations super low right now so that they're they're going to try and win and I don't think they're going to tank at all this season even if they're in a position where they should tank I I think it's a situation where they want to show the fans that they're all about winning you know and and they're committed to winning so I don't think they're going to do that to the fans this year um and I think they're going to – it worries me because of, of the coaching situation. Chauncey has not shown an ability to get his players to, to play the way he wants them to. So that's that's the tough part about predicting them any higher than this. I actually wanted to predict them higher. Uh, but 
I just feel like they have too many pieces and players that are pretty dang good. And yes, they're young, but like in their actual rotation, it's only going to be like Scoot and Sharp and then maybe some backup power forward minutes between Jabari Walker and uh, Chris Murray or Tamani Kamara. And I, I don't think that's like super young because all the rest of the guys have are all off their rookie deals. They're all on their second contracts. They've all been around a long time. They have guys like Aiton who have a lot to prove in this league. They have Anthony Simons, who I think people are absolutely sleeping on. We've talked about him before on the show. Um, I think he's going to just be the man this year and, and have a huge jump. And then I think Jeremy Grant, solid. Um, they got some good defensive pieces now in Thibault and Robert Williams. Um, some pieces that Chauncey hasn't had uh, on the roster before. And despite how bad they've looked in preseason, they looked terrible last year and got off to a good start. Um, I think they might get off to a slow start this year just because their schedule is so tough. They have to go on a road trip right away um, after the Magic game. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I just have a feeling they're going to exceed expectations and everyone's going to talk about what a feel-good story it is because uh, this young team that traded away Dame uh, played better than with Dame last year, you know? Yeah, the Blazers are in like the perfect spot right now where uh, if they are bad, then, oh, what did you expect? We were supposed to be bad. And then if we're good, like, look, see, we knew we were doing the whole time. So it's like, yeah, yeah, exactly. So they're in a good sweet spot at the moment. Little to no expectations, which leads us to number 10, right? Um, Okay, so my number 10 was the Pelicans. Um, So I do have them as a border or I mean, that is a playing team. I almost said borderline, but they're playing team uh, for me at 10th seed. I mean, it's Zion's health. That's what it all boils down to. The man is super talented, freak athlete, Um, obviously a player we've barely, you know, seen play basketball like this before. And it just hasn't held up for him ever since every time he's playing. They're a very, very good team. But uh, the problem is how long is he going to be available? That's the problem with them. Yeah, it's so exciting to watch, man. It's so frustrating. I mean, I don't know what you do if you're the Pelicans, whether you just keep hoping he gets healthy or you eventually move on from him. But, yeah, they they really need him to play a majority of the games this season. Uh, My number 10, uh, it's a team that I was very high on last year. They were coming off a Western Conference Finals appearance. And uh, I, I just... Thought they did not look good last year. I, I thought um, they could be carried by their star, and it didn't matter who the roster was, and that's the Dallas Mavericks. Um, uh, Luka is so good, and and I, I felt like they were going to just easily make the playoffs every year just because they had him. Um, but with teams getting better around him, it's just it's hard to, to put that pressure on one player to do it. And I know they have Kyrie now, but that's another player that hasn't been dependable the last few years. Um, and it's and it's still a questionable fit with him and, and Luca. Um, how's that going to look? Uh, they didn't really have much of a chance to answer that question last year, so and we they don't were know. they were very bad together last year too. <laughs> right. um, and I do love Derek Lively and. Omax Prosper, I, I feel like those were two really good pickups by them in the draft. Uh, they get Grant Williams as well. 
Uh, so I think they should be better defensively, um, much like they were two years ago. Um, but yeah, I feel like, I don't know, something's been missing since they lost Brunson, just that toughness on the team. Maybe Grant Williams provides some of that, but he's not as good of a player as Brunson was. Uh, so yeah, it's just, it's hard for me to see them being uh, better than some of these other teams unless just everything goes right for them and some of their young guys uh, are better off right away than expected. Yeah, uh, definitely Siri coming from on the Mavericks there. I have them a little bit higher, but at number nine for me, I have the Timberwolves. Okay. Um, the biggest thing for me is, will this Gobert and Cat experiment work? I mean, they got to hope it works. And obviously, we know what they gave up to get them. Uh, we didn't really get to see it that much last year. The sample size we got was pretty small, which is why I figured they wouldn't move on from it that quickly. I know a lot of people were saying trade Cat or trade Gobert or whatever, but if you're the Timberwolves, you invested all that you you know all that you did. You have to see if it at least works for like a larger sample size than what you got. Um, and I mean, I'm just wondering. I mean, I was very high on them last year. I was out there psychopath saying first seed in the West. Like I don't know why I was just ble- drinking the Kool Aid for them, and uh, that did not work out at all. Um, they were playing team last year, kind of expecting it again. I do love Anthony Edwards. Like that's the one thing that makes me hate picking them this low. Uh, but it's just overall, I'm just wondering how this Gobert Cat experiment is going to work uh, for this season if it stays. You know, if they both stay healthy for this season. Yeah, I, I right there with everything you said. I'll get to the Timberwolves on my list in a minute. But first, I have my number nine team, and. I am going to get so much heat for this. Um, Let me guess. Is it the Grizzlies? Nope. Oh, okay. Okay. Never mind. I I think the Grizzlies are picked low, uh, are picked in this range by a lot of people because uh, John John Morant. Yeah, that's why I guessed it. But this is everyone's darling team. Everyone's just expecting like a huge. Oh, I know. I think I know who. And it's the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, I think Chet's going to be amazing. I think, uh, you know, SGA is clearly, you know, top 12, 15 player in the league. I I think that's unquestioned now. Um, I, I like a lot of their other pieces as well. It's just hard to make that jump from the middle of the pack to high up in the pack. And what the Kings did last year, like going from, a non-playoff team to to like the third seed that's hard to do man and i especially with how good some of these teams are and how experienced some of these teams are um so unless they get a lot of injury luck both with chet and sga and stuff staying healthy plus like injuries to other key players on other teams i just think they're gonna have a tough time this season breaking through that ceiling um and and being like one of the top seeds and for sure making the playoffs and not a playing team um could be completely wrong there i just think they're going to have a little bit of that um i don't know what you want to call it in this situation because it's not their sophomore season but you know like a sophomore season slump where the year after the you you have the high expectations and and teams are ready to play you. You're no longer a doormat, and you're like teams are going to get up to want to put them back into place and stuff like that. So, 
I think they might struggle a little bit this year. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, you know, as you said, that's everyone's darling team. Uh, so you might get some heat for that one. Uh, but you could be right. I mean, I don't think anything you said was too crazy. So, uh, definitely don't blame you for having them there, but I will say I had them a little higher. So we'll get to them. We'll get to them when we get to them. them. Yeah. Uh, my number eight though, top eight in the West, I had the Mavericks. I mean, similar to what everything you said earlier, I'm just questioning how much Olivier Maximus Prosper and Derek Lively can contribute right away. Um, obviously Rashawn Holmes is there. I don't know if that's going to be their starting center out the gate or if they're going to start Lively out the gate. Um, I'm not really sure what to expect from the Mavericks uh, as their starting five. Um, I know Grant Williams probably be out there with Kyrie and Luka. And as I said, Kyrie and Luka weren't very good together last year. I know that they had to resign Kyrie because obviously they went for it at the deadline. And, you know, uh, I mean, they needed to take a chance, so I don't blame them necessarily. And maybe if Kyrie and Luka doesn't work out, they can flip Kyrie for something else. Not really sure, but um, I have them at eight. I think they'll be a solid team, but the West is still really good. Yeah, I have a team at eight, the Timberwolves that you mentioned already. Um, they're just kind of mad to me. Uh, like, like they're at times they look like they're ready to take a big jump. At times they look like, man, why did I even think they were going to be good? <laughs> you know, like they're they're a very frustrating team and. Even Anthony Edwards, who is a great player, and the reason why I have him at eight, like at times he just like goes through some stretches where it's like, well, is he gonna start playing like Anthony Edwards? Like, um, like he he still needs some to be consistently the man, and and kind of take that step to where you're bringing it every night, um, game in and game out. And, uh, but I do think they have enough talent. Uh, I think they're pretty deep. Uh, they got a lot of good role players in my opinion. Um, so I think it's enough to, uh, be here. Obviously if they have an injury to Anthony Edwards, it's, it's devastating. If they have one of their bigs go down for a long period, like they did last year with cat, I think that's also going to hurt. But, uh, as long as those three stay healthy, I think they have the pieces around them to be a pretty solid team. Yeah, for sure. Uh, number seven for me, similar to health, that's a big theme with this team every year. I have the Clippers. This might be low for some people, uh, but I'm not going to trust Kawhi to play all 82 games ever again. I don't feel like, just don't really think that's going to be possible. Um, will Paul George miss some time? I'm just not really sure what to expect from the Clippers this year because on one hand, you have Kawhi and Paul George both on player options. And if you're Steve Ballmer, do you really want to commit to these guys long-term for another however many years that they want when they're up there already at 33 and like 34? So I think there's going to be a lot of questions to ask. I mean, I expect them to just go into the playoffs contending, obviously. Uh, but it's going to be an interesting offseason if those two aren't extended. If they would just stay, would Ballmer want to commit to them? Especially if like more injuries occur. Like, Do you want to continue to keep repeating this process while these guys are this old? So, yeah, I think the Clippers' future is definitely going to be very interesting to watch and what they decide to do with these two guys because obviously they committed a lot to get them. Uh, but so far, health has been the biggest problem, and it has not worked out so far. And I feel like this could be like the last chance. Maybe. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, I'll talk about the Clippers more when I get to them on my list. Uh, my number seven is the Sacramento Kings. Um, you had them where? I had them at 11, 11, which was right. pretty wild, but yeah. Um, 
I do agree with you that they're going to have a little bit tougher of a time this season. And the things we talked about, you can't count on clutchness and uh, injury uh, luck to be as good as it was last year. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it seems like a slight since they were the three seed last year. It was such a fun story, light the beam, all that kind of stuff. Um, but, yeah, I do feel like they didn't do enough to solidify themselves. They kind of rested on uh, just them being good enough to get right back there. And when other teams don't rest on that and keep adding talent year after year, and make big moves and go all in. Uh, the Kings could still do that this at some point this season, um, whether it's make an all-in move for like an OG and an OB type. Um, that that might be a good move for them. But as of right now, I think they're just kind of going to be in that range where um, unless there's uh, <laughs> a tremendous injury luck again, um, I just... I have a hard time seeing them being better than some of the powerhouses in the West. Yeah, absolutely. You guys know why I have the Kings as low as I did, uh, but I can see them being seven. I can see them, you know, maybe repeating being a third seed. I mean, th third seed would be wild, but I mean, no one expected yeah. that last year. We'll see. My number six is uh, the Grizzlies. I mean, John Moran's going to miss, uh, uh, isn't it 25 games, right? 25? I think so, 25, yeah. Yeah, yeah so John Moran's going to miss some games. Uh, they've been pretty good without him when he has missed some time. So I don't expect the Grizzlies to like, fall off into like a play-in team. They just added Marcus Smart, so they'll have Smart and Bain, I assume, start together uh, You know, while John Moran is gone. You still have Jaron Jackson. Steven Adams is still there. And I believe the Grizzlies, if I'm not mistaken, still hold all their future draft picks. So there's always still a world where this team maybe makes that big trade at the deadline for whoever. I don't know whoever becomes available at that moment. Maybe they're a team that's looking to make an upgrade. So, uh, I mean, I could I could see them make I could see them being solid this year still. I mean, John Morant missing time is going to suck, but they should be all right. Yeah, I also have the Grizzlies at six. Uh, we have the same there. Um, yeah, I don't know if like this is too high or too low because <laughs> they, they've, like you mentioned, have been able to withstand injuries, uh, in the past and have done surprisingly well without jaw in previous years. So I expect that to continue. And I think they're just, they're super well coached and, uh, they have, they have both good offensive and defensive pieces. Um, they could still score the ball. Uh, they play at a much faster, uh, they play at a fast tempo, um, even, even without jaw, which is surprising as well. But, uh, yeah, I, I just think they're solid and they, they, until they prove otherwise that they can't stay in a race without their, their guys. And then it'll be a huge uh, boost for them when they get jaw back. Cause it's not like he's hurt or anything. So he'll be healthy and ready to play, you would imagine, uh, right when he gets back. And so I think um, they could withstand it for 25 games and be fine as long as uh, Jaron Jackson stays healthy, which is also a concern. He has had some injury problems as well early in his career. But I think uh, I think they're they're pretty – they're one of the teams you can kind of count on to be in the mix and be in, in this, this range – no matter what happens to them because they're just that that um, solid of a team. Yeah, I absolutely agree with everything you said. My number five, 
It was that Darlin team you talked about earlier. It's the Oklahoma City Thunder. I'm the one that's out there drinking the Kool-Aid on this team. We all know how good Shea Gilders Alexander was last year. Josh Giddey's only going to keep getting better. Um, I mean, I said this about the Grizzlies. We all know what kind of draft pick capital the Thunder have. Is there a world where they make that big move at the deadline to make their team even better? I expect Chet to elevate this team. Um, and obviously, it is tough to make that jump from where you're you know, being a play-in slash non-playoff team to being a top seed in the West. But we've seen the Suns do it. Uh, we saw the Kings do it. So I can see the Thunder doing it as well. Um, so I, uh, I am drinking the Kool-Aid on the Thunder. I'm expecting a big year from them like a lot of other people are. Yeah, they're a fun team too. One thing I I didn't mention outside of Chet, that my biggest concern with the Thunder is they do not have a lot of bigs. Yeah, that's um, true. That's a good point. And they might that might be what their all in move is is just to find a perfect uh, front court mate for for Chet. But I am really worried about their depth in the front court. They traded uh, Jeremiah Robinson Earl today, um, and uh, yeah. So I, I just uh, I don't know how they're going to handle uh, an injury to Chet this year because they don't really have many guys there. They'll uh, throw all their draft picks at the Nets for Claxton, maybe. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Dude, that was such an amazing fit. <laughs> yeah, it would be. I, I agree. All right. At number five, I have the Golden State Warriors. Um, might seem kind of low, but... They were the sixth seed last year, right? Um, and yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I think they're fine. They're going to be, I don't think they're going to be like one of the top seeds, but also as long as they're continuing to, to go for it, I don't think they're going to be like a playing team either. So I think they're just solidly in that mix right in the middle where they're going to get into the playoffs and not have to play in the play-in but not quite good enough to be one of the top seats. Yeah, I'm at four, so literally right above you. Um, one thing I'm wondering if is if Chris Paul is on this team uh, after the trade deadline. I don't know if they'd be willing to move him. I don't know if there's some team lining up for him maybe when we get there. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, ex- I'm curious to see what they do with Chris Paul because obviously I don't think anyone really expected him to be traded there. He's there now. We'll see how they work it out there. Uh, should be an interesting you know, little fit to watch over there with Chris Paul and the Warriors. Yeah, you wonder – I mean, there was that whole incident before last season with Jordan Poole and Draymond, uh, like how much that affected their season last year. Uh, Chris Paul is another one of those huge uh, locker room ego guys. Um, so, like, how does that mesh with, with a guy like Draymond who's had issues with him in the past already? Um, but I think Chris Paul's going to recognize that I mean, his time is fading pretty fast in this league. This is his last good shot, I think, to win a title. Um, and so I think he'll he'll just do whatever this team needs. I think that he's actually like a good fit with the Warriors. I, I'm actually I'm actually kind of scared about, <laughs> about how how good he might fit. Uh, but at the same time, despite a lot of Jordan Poole's faults. He was a guy who could come in and score off the bench or start if he needed to and and provide a spark at times and to not have that scoring outburst anymore. They they are going to be a little bit more reliant on health 
than they have the last couple of years, in my opinion. And that's scary because they're an older team that is starting to break down. Yeah, Draymond's already hurt as it is right now. So, yeah. absolutely, everything. I agree with what you said. All right, top four. Who's the home court advantage teams in the West? Well, mine was the Warriors, so now we're in top three. All right, what was your – did you say your four? Uh, I have not said my four Yeah, yet. say your four, and we uh, get top three. My, my number four is the Clippers. Um, part of this is uh, kind of projecting them to make a big trade for a guard, whether that's Harden or Brogdon or someone. I, I think they will at some point make a move and try to give them some uh, backcourt depth that they have not had to sustain some injuries to their front court. Um, but yeah, uh, I don't know. I just I have so I I just have this weird feeling like one of Kawhi or Paul George is going to stay relatively healthy. I still feel like they have a lot of good role players um, and all that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, I I think they'll be fine. Um, but I think they they will make an all in move. I actually think the opposite of you though. Um, they have this arena. <laughs> That looks super, super nice, uh, but it's supposed to be ready uh, for next offseason. So after this season, they'll be playing there. And it, I just, I feel like Kawhi and Paul George won't have the value in a trade to get them like another star back. Um, their value might be kind of low in a trade. And that I don't see them just like, flat out rebuilding heading into the new stadium with with Balmer um willing to spend whatever it takes to to win so I think they'll this probably the wrong decision if it doesn't they especially if it doesn't work out this year because like how many more years can you keep going to it and hoping it'll be different um it's kind of like the Zion situation with New Orleans um but I I just feel like Balmer won't be ready to move on just because he wants the team to be good and isn't ready to like be bad with with trying to open up a new arena. Uh, they just got to get Tower Hero. He can sell tickets, probably. <laughs> <Right>. no, <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, that's a very good point for sure. Um, I didn't even really think about that aspect. So it'll be interesting what they do. Uh, but now we're in our top three, and it sounds like we're all in agreement on at least who is in the top three. Obviously, the order is different. We'll see, or it, we'll see if it is different. Uh, my number three, I had the Phoenix Suns. I had the Phoenix okay. Suns at number three. Um, I think the big three gets it done. I love what they were able to do this offseason. Matt Ishbia is not afraid to spin. Um, so, yeah, I'm expecting the Suns just, you know, with Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, Bradley Beal, they'll make it work. And, uh, I mean, they got Nurkic as well now, who I think is a good fit. As long as he can stay healthy, you have Eubanks. I mean, uh, that'll be a fun little <laughs> center duo, you know, that Suns fans could argue over this year. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I think Durant Booker gets them, you know, top three in the West. Uh, do, did you like the eight and trade for them? Uh, yes and no. Like I understand that Aiden, you probably had to get rid of him, and I'm not really sure there was another center out there that you could have gotten. Like one center that I always thought about for them was like Capella. I don't know if the Hawks were going to be willing to do that, but Capella would have been like another perfect guy for them. Uh, but I'm not, it's tough to say, like, I feel like they had to get rid of Aiden. So like in a way I do like it. But I mean, getting that return for Aiden doesn't feel great either when you spent number one, you know, draft capital on him. Yeah, pass on Luca too. Yeah, that's that's things. Um, yeah, I feel like last year they should have, because the the Pacers signed him to that offer sheet, 
and they matched it. But before they signed him, there was you you knew the Pacers were interested in him. Um, so like, why did they just take Miles Turner for him? Man? Yeah, I I always thought that was gonna happen. I thought that was one hundred percent gonna happen. It made all the sense in the world, but it never it never materialized. Like imagine them with Miles Turner right now. Yeah. With that. And then get Beal. Like, that would be so crazy. Yeah, but, it would be. Um, yeah, actually, I have the Suns at two. I I think they're they're just so talented. Uh, unfortunately, you know, KD has been hurt a lot last year. Common theme, I guess, injuries going to play a part. Um, Beal hasn't been exactly healthy, but you also wonder how much of that is kind of similar to Dame, where he's just not playing because they're trying to – lose games at the end of seasons and stuff. But, um, but yeah, the Suns, uh, I have at number two. I don't think they're as good as who my number one team is in the regular season. Um, but definitely I think much like the bucks at number two in the Eastern conference, I think the Suns are going to be deadly in the playoffs and a really tough matchup for teams. So I'm guessing your Laker or the, not your Lakers. The Lakers are at th- that <laughs> not three. My Lakers. <laughs> I know my bad. Yes. Lakers yes, are at three. La- Lakers yes, at three. Lakers at three. I have not two, uh, so it's backwards right. for us. But flipped. you know, flipped. flipped. Yeah. But the Nuggets won. I mean, they're the best team in the NBA, defending champions. The I do worry about their bench a little bit after losing Bruce Brown, but I mean, they. I think they'll. They've done a fine job at getting guys to contribute. Um, and then obviously. Lakers, they were great after the trade deadline. Um, obviously, there was always the big problem with Russell Westbrook. That was never a good trade. I think everyone in the world saw that other than maybe LeBron James. He just wanted the name. Um, and they finally were able to get rid of him. And uh, ever since you know, the Russell Westbrook trade, Rob Palinka has been a great GM for the Lakers. I mean, he found a way to get three solid role players um, for Russell Westbrook, which I thought surprised. Obviously, Malik Beasley didn't stick around. Uh, you know, Jared Vanderbilt, they were able to extend. And then Mike, or, or it was D'Angelo Russell, sorry. D'Angelo Russell, they extended him as well. So, really solid trade for them at the deadline with Russell Westbrook's contract. Yeah, and then they pick up Gabe Vincent and uh, Christian Wood. And it, it, Jackson and Hayes, Cameron Reddish. Yeah, I don't know about those last two. Yeah, I know. I just throw the name in there. <laughs> Hayes actually looked pretty good in preseason, so maybe they found something there. Um, I mean, he was a top 10 pick and um, is super athletic and run the floor and stuff like that. Maybe they can unlock something. Um, But I don't think they really need him that badly. But Christian Wood, I think, is a good fit, especially next to Anthony Davis if he's healthy uh, because um, Anthony Davis can kind of make up for Wood's defensive liabilities and stuff like that. But Wood and Anthony Davis, I think, will play really well off each other on offense. Um, and then, you know, LeBron's the oldest player in the league, so you worry how much he has left in the tank at times. But at times he's shown he's, like, superhuman and can do anything. Uh, but he's, you know, he's missed a bunch of games in recent years as well. Uh, but, yeah, I think they're... Their depth now allows them to to survive some of those injuries to Anthony Davis and LeBron. Um, So you know they'll miss games. I think they're deep enough. Um, Austin Reeves should take a huge jump. Um, You know, proved something in the playoffs. Was on Team USA. Had a good run this summer. Um, So definitely have the pieces. I don't think they're as spry (laughs) 
and as as young and and uh, as good as my top two teams, um, and I'm I am kind of scared that the Lakers are going to just play for the playoffs and not really care about the regular season and just make sure they make it into uh, to one of the top six seeds and not really care about home court or anything. But uh, yeah, I I definitely think they're going to be one of the teams to beat in the West. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Rui Hachimura, someone I forgot to even name. As soon as they got yeah. got him out over there, he was phenomenal. Wizards sold him for, for yeah, like Wizards didn't give him barely got anything for him. So yeah, Lakers solid roster right now, and uh, they should be in the top three in the thick of things. Uh, but then obviously Nuggets. I mean, I don't know if you wanted to go in a little spiel about them or not. Yeah, for me, I think Bruce Brown. Uh, that loss will cost them a championship again or a repeat championship but I don't think it cost them anything in the regular season um Christian Brown uh is showing that he can step up uh Julian Strother has looked really good as a rookie here in preseason like he's ready to play right away um so I think he can step into that role a little bit um he's he's solid on both ends obviously not as good on defense as Bruce Brown, but might actually be an offensive upgrade. So they, they have pieces. Um, they always find depth. They draft really well for need um, and role players and stuff like that. So I think they'll be fine. Um, and I mean, Jokic is just, he's, we talked about all these injury history or injury problems, but that guy just shows up and plays pretty much every night uh you don't really have to worry about injuries with him um he can seemingly horse race and do all kinds of crazy stuff all summer and not touch a basketball if you believe him <laughs> and just come right in and dominate <laughs> like it doesn't even matter um so yeah i think uh i think as long as they have Jokic and uh aaron gordon now has the confidence of a championship player um you do have to worry about the health of Murray and and uh, Michael Porter Jr., but uh, I don't know. I just think they're so good that um, they they should be the team the team that should be in the number one spot most of the season in the West. That was our standings predictions. Uh, I mean, let me know down or let us know down in the comment section below uh, what you think about them. But uh, to end it off, we're gonna do our awards real quick. Awards here. Uh, where do you want to start, though? Uh, I mean, is there one you want to start on, or does it matter to you? Sure. Let's just let's start with one of the lower ones. Uh, let's do six man of the year. Who do you got? Six Bro, man? this one was tough for me because I didn't even really know who to choose. I feel like mine is stupid. I have Norman Powell. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, uh, yeah, that's not a bad pick. Yeah. Um, you know he's coming off the bench. Yeah. You know he can score. Um, and his so yeah, goal was, uh, I think he said something crazy recently that he wanted to average, was it make an all-star game? Or I forgot. Or aver- I for- He said something. So I don't, I, I'm yeah, not saying that's like, I'm not saying that's like the reason why it's going to happen, but uh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> um, let me, let me bring something up real quick. Um, I want, I'm, I'm on uh, BetUS, who's uh, Blazers Uprise Sportsbook sponsor this year. I just want to see where they have some of these players. 
um, as we talk about them. Another guy I consider was Robert Williams. Uh, I considered that, uh, but oh, interesting. Because I know he'll probably. I mean, yeah. I, I know he'll be coming off the bench most likely. So that's something I thought about. Yeah, my guy uh, who I chose is Malik Monk. Okay, that's um, a great one. I didn't even consider that one. I think he showed a lot in the playoffs, um, and it tends to go to someone who's like a scorer off the bench. You know, it's usually not yeah anyone. Like a role player or whatever. So that's why I don't think Norman Powell's like that bad of a bet. Um, the betting favorite is Emmanuel Quickly, um, who I think is really good, but I don't know. I just it's hard for me to envision him just keep putting up stats on a team that has a bunch of good guards in front of him. Um, he's kind of blocked. I think they should have probably moved on from him. Um, but Brogdon's still second in. Uh, yeah, blocks, I don't. It's just funny. I but mean, he's Nor- probably st- Norman Palace third. Yeah, he, I mean Brogdon's probably a starter somewhere after the deadline. There's, I don't think there's any chance he's on this team after the deadline. Like, there's no way. I assume he won't be anyway. But who knows? I guess. They got my guy Malik Monk, fourth best odds, and then Bobby Portis, and then Chris Paul at sixth best odds, which is interesting because he might start. Yeah, that's so why That's knows. why I didn't want to put Chris Paul either. Because uh, funny, in 2K, Chris Paul always wins it. But, like, <laughs> I don't know if Chris Paul is going to start or not. That's the, that's the weird thing about it. Yeah. But um, do you want to do rookie of the year next? Yeah, let's do rookie of the year. I've we obviously sh- know who the favorite is. but It's Vic, right? Yeah, but similar to what Ben Simmons did to Donovan Mitchell, I got Chet doing it to Victor Webanyama. I think Chet. Oh, he's gonna come in. If it's my if it's my agenda with the Thunder being as good as they are this year, so I kind of correlated that together. So I got Chet going out there winning Rookie of the Year. Interesting. Um, yeah, let me see. I have all rookie teams. I know. Oh, there's rookie there. Um, I have Victor. I I think Wemby. It's his to lose, basically. Um, now, he could easily lose it just because, well, one, he could get hurt. Two, he could be limited on, they could just take it easy with him and and kind of load manage him. He doesn't fall under the rules because in order to be considered uh, for penalties for load managing, you have to have made like an all-NBA team win the last three years i believe so that um, is something i did not know so i'm happy to have learned that <laughs> so i don't think any rookies and the also the rookie of the year and all rookie teams are the only awards that do not have the 65 game qualifier to make it so um i just think the guy is just so dynamic and so fun to watch and it's going to get so much hype all year that unless he just doesn't play enough games or for some reason really struggles, which I don't anticipate. I just think they're going to give it to him no matter what. Yeah. I mean, I think it's either Vic Vic or Chet. I wanted to consider Scoot, but I think Simon's is going to take too much away from him. If Scoot had like the floor and Simon's wasn't here, then I think he'd have a way better chance, but I think it's gonna be tough with Simon's in front of him. I mean, they'll probably start together. They're gonna be wrong, but obviously Simon's is going to, Handle the ball a lot too, which is why I couldn't consider Scoot, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, so BetUS has Victor Wembanyama with even money uh, for rookie of the year, which is crazy. Uh, Scoot Henderson's actually two at plus two fifty, and Chet Holmgren is third at plus three hundred. 
and then it, it's a huge jump to Brandon Miller fourth at plus fourteen hundred. Yeah, if Brandon Miller goes out there and wins Rookie of the Year, then the Hornets did something right. But that is going to be—I can't be the one to predict that at all. Uh, There's some good value out there. If you think one of those top three aren't going to make it, like a Men Thompson is plus twenty-five hundred, Cam Whitmore. Plus that, those are some juicy numbers, but yeah. it, I mean, it's just <laughs> weird. The Rocket, yeah. <laughs> if Amon Thompson had the full floor, then go, by all means, I would do it. Right. But. That's probably why the numbers are so juicy because of that factor. So no, that is like Fred VanVleet. Yeah, Fred VanVleet. Um, let's do uh, most improved. Uh, right. I wonder if we have the same pick here. I have Anthony Simons. Oh, do you? Yeah, I think. Uh, yes, I did not have it. Oh, okay. Because I mean, he may have too good of numbers already, so maybe this doesn't work for him. Uh, we, I mean, I don't know. It just feels like he's hated around the league too, or not, maybe not everybody, but he is very undervalued and he is going to be the number one option on this team. Does that mean he's going to go average 30 points per game? Mm, probably not, but I could see him having a really good season statistically. So I have Simons as most improved. Yeah. I like that a lot. Um, yeah, it's hard when, like you mentioned, a player averages like 21 a game and, yeah, even if he improves to like 25, 26, which would be a huge jump, it's like, is that a big enough improvement? But then you look at a couple of years ago when Jaw won it over Bain, his teammate, and he was, he's like basically told Bain he'd give him the award because he didn't think he deserved it. But his numbers weren't like that much greater. It's just like um, he just takes a slight jump, but like everyone just loves him. So um, that could happen with, with Simons. Um, especially with all the talk about how he's worth nothing in trades and all that kind of stuff. But if he goes out and plays like Dame this year, like, yeah, he could definitely win it, I think. Um, but my pick is Cade Cunningham. Um, I think, you know, he's the number one pick. And a little, I mean, a lot of it has to do with him being injured. So people have kind of either forgotten about him or um, don't, think he's that good or maybe a bust like kind of could be a bust um but I just think he's going to be healthier and and prove to people why he was the number one pick and uh I think he's just such a dynamic player that it'll just pop if he's healthy and despite his stats maybe being similar to when he was healthy um in years past I think uh people will just see 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 him in a different light just um the way he runs a team and all that kind of stuff and i think this is the year he breaks out finally yeah i can see that for sure um coach of the year do you want to do co actually i want to save this one because i think i, I kind of correlate this one with a different one uh let's do well, or well real quick uh most improved uh we had mikhail bridges uh is the betting favorite yeah with Ty Tyrese Maxey second but kind of kind of along the lines of what you said both of those guys were really good last year so it's hard to improve much more yeah it. it's always gonna it's gonna be somebody that no one expects kind of like what marketing I mean I guess some people could have maybe saw that coming but like I wonder if it's gonna be somebody like just know. no one's <laughs> looking I mean maybe not as much but like we knew he was going to have like a, a nice role there in Utah once they you know traded everyone that they did but no one expected him to be as good as he was 
Uh, but let's do uh, Defensive Player of the Year. All right. Uh, I kind of hinted at this one earlier. I got Evan Mobley winning this bad boy. Evan Mobley, Defensive Player of the Year. I think the Cavs make a big jump. Evan Mobley's going to be a big reason for that. Yeah, uh, I definitely – I it, it came down to him and the guy ended up picking. Um, I don't know. For some reason, I just – don't think Mobley's gonna get the get the votes this year. Um, I I think no matter how good he is, um, I don't know. I I think he's still a year or two away. <laughs> um, but he's second in odds, so yeah, it could be could be silly. Jaron Jackson's first, uh, which I don't think he's gonna win again. Even if he has uh, the same exact year as last year, I don't think he's gonna gonna win again uh, they have Giannis third which is weird to me um, but they have fourth the guy who I picked and someone who probably should have won this award um, in a previous year already but hasn't uh, and I think uh, after his defensive playoff performance last year and um, if he can replicate that this year i think he'll finally get the credit he's deserved and that's bam out of bio okay that's a good one uh i was like i wonder who this is bam makes a lot of sense um i could definitely see that one for sure uh but let's get into uh, yeah, mvp and coach of the year yeah let's do coach of the year coach of the year right. jb biggerstaff i'm all in the Cavs. i think the Cavs make a huge right. jump evan mobley was defensive player and then they go up third seed, and then Bickerstaff gets a huge nod for that. So I got him winning right. coach of the year. Might be wild, but that's what I got. Are you worried at all about him not being the coach? <laughs> <laughs> that that could be. That get, definitely could happen. Um. Yeah. I. Uh, similar to you, I I was looking for a team that kind of exceeded expectations. Um there wasn't like a team that I thought because like a lot of the like if you're looking at Michael Malone like the Nuggets are supposed to be the one seed they're coming off a championship like maybe he'll get votes because of last season which happens sometimes um and then I thought about Spolstra just because he's never won it either and he's a really good coach but I didn't want to go too heavy into the heat and <laughs> have that narrative right um no, just kidding. Uh, and then you got um, like Adrian Griffin's the new coach for the Bucks. Um, but like, even if they're the one seed, I don't know if he's getting that much credit for for Damon Giannis carrying them. Uh, Joe Mazzula, um, I don't know. Like, is he getting that much credit if Porzingis and Drew stay healthy and that team's really good? I don't. I don't think so. Uh, Frank Vogel, if he can have that defense in Phoenix uh, playing well. Um, maybe he could get some votes, even though they're a high seed, but same thing. They have KD and Booker and Beal. Like, how much is coaching really the difference there? Um, so for me, I looked at the Grizzlies and what they could potentially do if they just keep doing what we talked about earlier, and that's seemingly win games without jaw. So if Taylor Jenkins can keep them afloat and get into the playoffs this year, despite all the issues with Jaw, um, I think he 
will win the award. I like that one a lot. That's a good one. Um, I also consider Mark Dang. Uh, I forget. I don't know how to say his last name, but uh, Mark Dagnall. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It's Dagnall. Yeah. Did he win it last year, or am I crazy? Uh, no, he didn't win it last year. I'm insane. That's that's not true at all. I don't know why I thought that, but yeah, that was another one I considered. Was it? Didn't Mike Brown win it last year? Yeah, duh. Oh my god, I'm stupid. Yeah, Mike Brown yeah. won it last yeah, year. So Mark Mark is definitely one I considered as well. Uh, I kind of wish I went with him instead because I think if the Thunder are good, he's probably going to get the votes. I feel like. Yeah, uh, especially since they're still a pretty young team. So yeah, for coach sure. Coach does have a lot bigger influence on that kind of situation. MVP. Uh, I mean, we all know the MVP is not the best player. It's the best narrative now. It, that's what it is. Right. That the, I mean, that's what I feel like it is. And uh, with me saying that, I don't know if this really has a narrative behind it. I mean, obviously, you could go Jokic. You can go Embiid to win it again. There's Giannis. Um, I don't think – I mean, obviously, I wanted to pick Luka Doncic, but I just don't think they're going to be high enough in the standings. So I have – Jason Tatum. I think the Celtics are going to be a really good team. I think he's going to be a big reason for that. Uh, the guy can do it all, and I know he. Some people do hate or hate on him quite a bit, uh, but I think uh, Jace, I think the Celtics are going to be really good this year, obviously, and I think Tatum's going to be a big reason for that. He'll be the lead guy there. So yeah, I have Jason Tatum as an MVP candidate here. Very interesting. I like it. Yeah, that's, I wouldn't say bold, but like that's. I don't think there's going to be many people. I try to be different outside the big ones. Yeah. Um, for me last year, I thought Luca was going to win it because he was coming off a season that he elevated his team in the playoffs. And once again, I know it's a regular season award and previous seasons don't factor in, but the narrative last year was Jokic hasn't won anything like so why are we keep giving him the mvp when he's not winning in the playoffs right and then he's won it the last two years like or we're not going to give it to him for a third year uh when he hasn't won any of the other years we've given it to him so the fact that he not only won it last year but proved to everyone that that he should have probably won it last year again um i think that narrative will be it just if he's the best player he's going to get the votes and no one will no one will have those narratives like you talked about to where oh we can't vote for him for a third year in a row uh we got to give it to someone new this year which I, I think Embiid deserved like he's been one of the best players so like I don't think it was like that much of a travesty to give it to Embiid uh but I think they'll they'll swing back to giving Jokic all his flowers this year and uh and he'll be back to being the MVP. I love the reasoning for it. Uh, you know, obviously I considered Jokic, but I was like, voters fatigue is going to play a role here. But yeah. uh, what you explained um, makes a lot of sense. I think that could definitely be a reason for him winning if he is to win it again. Uh, but I don't think there's anything else here we have to say. Yeah, I mean, clutch player is just such a guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be dame, I I dame <laughs> yeah <laughs> damian lord wins clutch for the years so i don't know yeah. but uh yeah comment down below anything you agree disagree with you want to comment down your uh predictions for standings awards whatever you want to do uh we're open to reading them obviously um but other than that you have anything else to add before we ha uh, sign off here no thanks everyone for watching uh really appreciate everyone um 
we've gotten tons of good feedback uh, on the show so far. Uh, appreciate all of those who have reached out or left comments or have simply watched the video. Uh, if you haven't already, please like the, uh, like the video. It helps us out. It's a way to contribute without having to do much of anything other than click a button and uh, really helps the channel out. So it's much appreciated. And then, uh, yeah, if you want to subscribe to uh, Blazers Uprise podcast, there's a lot of other good shows on this channel as well. And our show is now on an RSS feed, so you can listen to it um, via where you get your podcasts, right? Do you know? Yeah, so if you want to just listen to us that way, uh, that should now be an option as well. I'll make sure Tori puts that in the description of the video so you can click on that. Um, and then also uh, Blazers Uprise will be bringing it this year once again. We'll have pregame content, postgame shows, uh, live in-game watch parties, all that good stuff along with uh, videos all season. So make sure you're subscribed to the main channel as well. And then also check out Crushables. Uh, the great Crushables channel here on YouTube. If you're not subscribed, go do so immediately because his channel is awesome and uh, just really fun videos and uh, yeah, uh, just really easy to listen to and uh, I'm sure you'll all enjoy it if you're enjoying these podcasts. Thank you so much for that at the very end. Uh, but that is going to do it for us on this edition of Hoops Crush. Uh, so with that all being said, this is Hoops Crush. Uh, peace out. Go Blazers.